Welcome to yet another episode of The Brand Called You, a video and podcast show that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Today, it is my privilege to have a very, very accomplished social entrepreneur with me, Mr. Ved Mitra Arya. Ved, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ashutosh. Ved is from IIT Kanpur, then he went to IIM Ahmedabad, two of the premier institutions in our country. He's the founder of Srijan, which has at its mandate to improve incomes of 95,000 rural families in six states. He's the founder of the Buddha Fellowship Program, which grooms 1,000 development entrepreneurs, and he's a member of various policy-making bodies of the government of India. Ved, what would you say are three key milestones in your career? One is basis of building Srijan, which is you can say as a milestone, which ultimately actually has benefited hundred thousand families now, and five hundred thousand people's lives we have touched started with the fact that I worked in TCS. Okay, and I saw the families of fishermen and found that squalor, and I found it unbearable. So I quit TCS. So the first, and then started the journey. What do I want in my life? Mm-hmm. And I found this opportunity to work in tribal areas. Okay. And so the first milestone is that the the uh, reflection on my what I was doing. I was doing well, but I switched. I never looked back. In a way, I got stuck, and I never never got out of that rut <laughs> where I could say that. Okay. Uh, some other people will call it perseverance. Correct. Another name for being stuck with <laughs> one thing. Okay. So, since setting up Sijan and uh, finding colleagues and reaching the milestone in that sense, that uh, 100,000 families we have been able to touch, impact their lives, and remember, I remember myself that the target actually I had set up for myself when I was leaving TCS. Only hundred for my mm. lifetime. Mm. So I have got more out of my life than I could hope for, and I'm very thankful to Almighty God for Wonderful. that. Wonderful. Wonderful. Second one is that of you. Actually, during the UPA two time, I worked very closely with the Planning Commission, and I wrote the draft of the Rural Development Chapter. Wow. Okay. Of the twelve five year plan, based mm. on my human resources work. and i in fact wrote a book so on hr uh-huh. and that became quite famous and this is the book that i wrote so okay. yeah Wonderful. and the third is buddha fellowship program is still new mm-hmm. and it has to reach the milestone 1000 uh, development entrepreneurs okay. and i have set up an organization of organizations of 65 Society organizations we mm-hmm. call it RCRC, mm-hmm. uh, enabling rapid rural community response to COVID-19, and this 65 organizations have collective gross revenue in a year of 1,300 crores and wow. impacts about 1.6 crore people in the country in mm-hmm. 110 districts. In a very short, yeah, quite interesting milestone. So before I move to talking to you a little about Srijan and the Buddha Fellowship. i was very intrigued when i was reading about you you know you and i are of similar vintage iit kanpur i'm sure a lot of your 
classmates must have flown off to the US. Then you went into IIM Ahmedabad. I'm sure most of your classmates must have gone into top corporate jobs. What made you select the social sector as a career? Somehow, I don't set economic goals for myself. Okay. Probably it is not in my DNA, the way I was brought up in mm -hmm. a strong Arisamaji household. Mm -hmm. And my grandfather, maternal grandfather, took sannyas at the ripe old age of 37. Mm -hmm. Wow. So my mother actually went to Gurukul at the age of 8 years. Amazing. So we brought up in maybe that is what kicked in. Mm. I was working in TCS. I actually turned down the offer of TBL mm. at the time of graduating from IIM Ahmedabad. You have campus interviews. The first two days I got two offers, mm -hmm. Tata Consulting Services and Tata Burroughs. And mm. I somehow thought I should set up something in the country. Okay. Previously, after graduating or during the final year, I got 10 U.S. university offers, including mm -hmm. MIT. And 66% or two-thirds of my batch has gone to the U.S., as I you know. said. I can imagine. And I think I should thank the visa officer in the U.S. embassy who told me you will not come back. Okay. So I am not going to give you a visa. Uh -huh. And I came back and told my mother that, you know, this guy didn't give me visa. He said, Achai kia. He would not have come back. So, that's how it sort of settled for me. I didn't apply again for the visa. Interesting. So, I think somewhere we can, I don't want to call myself with any high sounding names like nationalist, etc. But I think when I was working in TCS, I never wanted to coding for a long time. Mm -hmm. And somehow, even though I did well, my boss, Bala, mm -hmm. he still remembers me. Recently, I had dinner with him in his house. He became one of the highest revenue earning professionals for Infosys after leaving TCS. But somehow, I sort of didn't fit. The mold of the corporate didn't fit me yeah. or I I was a misfit, so to say. I and I met Baba Ante after quitting TCS. Hmm. Wonderful. So wait, let's talk about Srijan. You know, you've been working on improving the lives of 100,000 people. Share with me some of your challenges in this journey. So as they say, you know, in, the, in IIT, you do physics 101. I didn't do well because I was a Hindi-speaking boy. Mm -hmm. And I didn't understand a word. Okay. So here I'll tell you the story how I failed in politics 101. Okay. I shifted to a tribal area of South Rajasthan mm -hmm. and today we talk about migrants. I noticed that in tribal areas, in, among tribals you have one crop, monsoon, rains and soil gets wet and you grow maize or you have more water you will grow paddy, but you don't have irrigation to artificially soak the soil for second crop, winter crop. So tribals, particularly men, will travel outside and then migrate, etc. to get right. money. Right. So we realized that in the villages I was working in South Rajasthan, there's plenty of water. In fact, there were backwaters of a dam called Mahikadana. And I thought, let me quickly apply my mind and 
5 horsepower diesel pump was what you need as you lift water and you know all will be well after that so money was available on the tap in the sense the donor from netherlands was giving money so we thought you know let's have one scheme for the entire village you know hundreds of acres the meal have distributed pipe uh, line etc to give water to every farm so we built that deep joshi who is the founder of pradhan my mighty graduate mm-hmm. together we used to cook these ideas up and you know all that so we made that design and then winter was coming the crop sowing time was coming so we said okay let me go let's go and buy fertilizer mm-hmm. so we bought hundreds of sacks of urea and stocked in, a, in a somebody's you know spare room mm-hmm. and this village was called govindpura and i used to go it's on a hill so i used to go take with my 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 motorcycle i used to drive a bullet and uh, one day i reach in my bullet and see that there is nothing left wow not a bag of urea mm-hmm. entire thing has been stolen my god And here I am, good Samaritan, do good, or I think you know I'm doing everything for these guys. I was frustrated. Amazing. So I realized. Then I began to scratch my head and looked around. You know, not a trace mm-hmm. of this damn thing. And then I realized, when you ask around, you figure out that this scheme was actually conceived in consultation with somebody called Ravji Bhai. Mm-hmm. who used to take us across the river on his boat and used to never charge even 1 rupee he would normally charge other mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. so we i used to eat makki ki roti and whatever tur yeah. dal in his mm-hmm. house and mm-hmm. thought about this scheme and he is very progressive farmer he had been to gujarat etc so we thought this is it. so the kanji bhai who was the village of yach village sarpanch he didn't like it because the scheme got implemented mm. everybody in the village knew you know the credit will go to ravji bhai mm. so he would lose the election the next day i see so he organized a sabotage and you know whatever you say you know mm. you make your plans and, uh, and that is rest was history rest was history <laughs> then what we did was then we just implemented a small pilot just for 10 farmers including in ravji's plot we gave water he grew wheat and now kanji bhai is thinking you know what would happen to my plot so he came around later and etc etc mm. and then replicated in 2030 villages so that was my first challenge this novice of technology and management graduate i was trying to apply linear programming you know mm. all these things nothing came to it it's all comes to a not in very to deal with politics 101 i failed <laughs> absolutely i think a lot of people have have gone through the same realization because it's a completely different training ground from what a management institute can give you so uh, wait let's move uh, to budha fellowship you say that you have you are grooming a thousand development entrepreneurs help me understand what is a development entrepreneur So entrepreneur, everybody understands. Correct. So a development entrepreneur, people will say, is an oxymoron. I was going to say the same thing. That either you can do development 
which means you take grant from say tatas or axis bank and go and set up this lift irrigation scheme correct and don't take a pie from from the people who benefit from mm. what we think is required for sustainability because you can go on asking for more and more grants because so many poor people mm -hmm. this would not be sustainable right so idea which we which helps the poor but also doesn't require repeated doses of capital hmm. how do you set up a sustainable value chain hmm. so and that is what is, let me give you the example the most famous example amul mm -hmm. that you know you set up a value chain you buy milk and you sell it in delhi or anywhere you get a brand that was self sustainable hmm. so that is what development entrepreneurship is about a person sets up a, a, uh, an enterprise which benefits poor people their incomes are increased hmm. but the enterprise is such that it you can replow the profits Correct. back into the enterprise and the gaadi the train actually continues hmm. and then therefore my logical next question to you would be that do you set guidelines of how much profit a development entrepreneur should make so that he doesn't shift from development to entrepreneurship extremely that is the most difficult part okay in fact when we try to set up uh, proposals uh, we will say with so many entrepreneurs we will set up hmm. but they will ask this question you know unless he makes profits uh, he is not an entrepreneur so we will often tend to go towards entrepreneurship business entrepreneurship okay. giving short shift to development okay. it can happen especially if you go to a venture capitalist mm -hmm. he will look for not only higher return in the american sense of the term you will exit with a much higher value so okay. that puts a lot of pressure on a promoter like me mm -hmm. but what definition is simpler that what percentage of the customer rupee or a customer dollar is going back to the producer okay okay what it means is one a you must make profit but beyond that it's not that you can fatten yourself with salaries salaries of marketing professionals or brand professionals etc so one gold standard is amul even when we ran the scheme of dairy in town district and the turnover used to be 5 crore right 85 paise of every rupee that we sold the milk for mm -hmm. used to go back to the person who would give milk that means the women who were pouring milk in our village cooperatives right they got 85 paise out of a rupee that we so in my definition that kind of a criteria even though you may start with say 40 paise you are able to give but progressively you are able to make your value chain efficient very true very true then very true so you know the next question that i have for you is that uh, what is the 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 logic for the name buddha fellowship what does buddha have to do with development entrepreneurship to be uh, resilient okay and uh, especially in the 
idea when you have an entrepreneurship you have a development entrepreneurship there are so many challenges that you are more likely to fail than succeed so that is one very important aspect of the entrepreneurship that buddha teaches you to be sort of at peace with yourself or be calm in the in, in the face of difficulty so that is one thing i think that is important capacity to deal with failure and even if you get success not to sort of revel in it mm-hmm. because next day you will see failure okay. so even in my and secondly i was more enamored of a philosophy that is not going to worry about parlok okay all the your punya is going to give you return in this life itself what you see in computer what you see is what you get we used to say in tcs correct is a, is the buddha philosophy actually <laughs> fair enough so so i thought this is very practical philosophy mm-hmm. rather than worry about the parlok okay etc or punarjan and i think it answers more questions than the hindu philosophy does mm-hmm. so my next question to you is that you know i can understand after you spoken to me about the motivation of ved mitra to have the given your background and all the your your mothers and your grandfather and everyone else who came from such an environment what will motivate a young person today to give up the so called lucrative corporate jobs and become a development entrepreneur i think young generation of india is far more risk taking than even i were in the early 80s or late 70s yes we still look for a job to stay with rest of your life mm-hmm. our parents actually never they retired from the government most of them correct but in our case also uh, we wanted to join a pounds or a itc or a dabar or whatever yeah. and retire from there that yeah. is what we wanted to do mm-hmm. but i think this generation is far more risk taking they have far more far many more options also okay. so i am picking on their risk taking ability okay. number 1 mm-hmm. they may be a few but they are a far more in terms of number mm-hmm. secondly they may be driven by a challenge that a rural entrepreneurship throws at them and frankly the uh, market is crowded urban uh, entrepreneurship area is much crowded but you look at supply chains mm-hmm. 10 to 12% of the vegetable goes through goes is waste fruit goes waste so there are opportunities that our buddha fellows have found in the rural in the supply chains themselves so that is second mm-hmm. third even today i find a number of entrepreneurs including those in the buddha fellowship whose parents have come from the villages okay. they want to go back and do something madhu is from i am ahmedabad he again from a farming family so i think there is some and there are others who are motivated to do something say in the climate change or a biodiversity so there are others so i think this generation is more aware of the challenges the society is facing mm-hmm. and then we were aware but we didn't want to take the risk mm-hmm. so that so there i think uh, is my my uh, that, that motivation is that's an amazing answer because obviously yes. gives me a lot of confidence when you say this that you know our 
a country is in safe hands with all these young people my next question to you is that what does success mean to you actually as i said i don't uh, worry so much about money agree uh, more and more people i can benefit that is my uh, definition of success okay and i have time for one last question and that is that you know you are a role model to millions of people you know in the people you are touching but if there were lots of children who were following your life choices closely what is the one thing you would change in yourself i could be less arrogant mhm could be more humble in accepting okay my mistakes uh, there are people tell me that in buddha fellowship particularly you are too old you should not tell me what to do okay okay and one more question i can ask you and this is got relating to the pandemic how are you changing your life in the new world order in one sense it is very difficult because i am uh, you know old old older in, in the sense uh, there is a path dependency you want to believe in what you are if you say something new etc but i think in one way i have responded very quickly is that i brought 65 organizations together and collaboration if you talk about ngos collaborating they don't collaborate they don't talk to each other mm. in some ways i think uh, crisis has given us an opportunity to work together okay uh, and uh, so that way i think uh, it's an opportunity is how we have to look at it and you look at the country as a whole five crore migrants so we have to come up with new ideas we can't just rest on old things so that is what we are doing the collaboration is giving us an opportunity to work together in this civil society wonderful we thank you so much it's been such an honor and such a privilege speaking to you i wish you lots of success thank you ashutosh and uh, it's it's such a pleasure it's embarrassing to talk about oneself it's one sided in that sense and i hope we'll get to talk about you at some point certainly someday thank you again thank you for listening to the brand called you video cast and podcast a platform that brings you knowledge experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals you can also follow us on youtube facebook instagram and twitter just search for the brand called you